spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 226th annual Subliminal Reception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Kojin Drummer Pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. Another long week, even though it's only Tuesday. Um, <laughs> but my Instagram feed has been changing once again to anti corporate America, anti work uh videos. So that's been really fun. Like you're watching them and you're like, God, I am just trapped in this endless purgatory of just work you know what i mean yeah it's uh not exactly reading your mind it's just the wolf that you feed yeah pretty much so it notices that your eyes stay on that one for just a little bit longer so all of a sudden that's all you get now the uh i i real quick here i want everybody to know i learned something today from allegedly a lawyer uh that it even though your company policy claims you cannot talk about your income with your fellow employees. Apparently, it is a state or federal right, workers' right, that you are allowed to if you want to. I doubt it's that right in Arizona. But (laughs) (laughs) The the lady was like talking about a lot of things that your quote-unquote policies um, sometimes undermine the actual employee rights that are written into law so you got to be careful ah i see yeah i don't know you probably still get shit canned for uh (laughs) (laughs) very true yeah so i want to do uh like start off by saying something i feel like i've gone through a a bit of growth you know it is even you know coming up on new year's so i wanted to just kind of uh kind of put this out there so i was in uh one of my favorite places to go maybe one of yours too costco yeah uh, this past weekend and i was down in like kind of like their cheese aisle they have all of those cheeses you know basically every kind you can think of and i hear like one woman talking to another and they're like frantically like looking for gouda this gouda Ah, cheese like looking for it looking for it and I was standing actually right next to, because I kind of like looked over at the cheese and noticed that I was standing like right next to like a big, like, you know, a big, big sign that says like kind of like they're foreign cheeses, but then like the little Gouda sign was kind of like uh, on the second shelf. And I actually, I think I got like a lot of growth in me. I did something I'd never would do before. I said nothing. Ah, okay. You got me there. I thought you were going to. Be nice and tell these uh, ladies where the Gouda was. No, that's the old Phil. That was the Midwest Phil. I think that Phil might be finally dying. Now this once and for all, (laughs) the Southwest Phil is taking over. Yes, the Arizona asshole (laughs) starting to shine through. (laughs) Then another thing. So after I went to Costco, I had seen in Costco they had some of these wraps, like a four pack of wraps. They were uh, 
buffalo chicken wraps, those kind of things. But yeah. they were four for like 15 bucks. I was like, well, fuck that. I can make those better myself. So after I get home from Costco, I drop off my you know perishable shit and then I head out to Safeway. As I'm going out to my car, I walk next to a woman who is trying to unlock her car by like, you know, doing the old kind of like whatever coat hanger stick method. She's like fishing around, fishing around. And I probably could have taken like gone to my gone back to my apartment, taken one look at the car, gone back to my apartment, fashioned like, you know, out of maybe microphone or earplug that cord and a stick or you know, whatever I needed and pop that thing open in like maybe 15, 20 minutes. But you know what I did? You got in your Nothing. car and drove. <laughs> I got in my car and drove off. I was gone for about 45 minutes. Got all the stuff for my fucking wrap, my chicken wraps that I wanted. Came back and she was still fucking trying to get that shit. I took my fucking stuff inside and I made my wraps. Okay. Fucking, I think maybe Dobby is free. Once and fucking for all. It feels kind of nice. And I had a similar thing today where I didn't say shit, didn't do shit, didn't help. There was someone who was like, as I was walking into a building, they were like just beyond the appropriate kind of distance for like holding the door for someone. Back in the day, I would have stood there like a dumbass and held the door open for them. You know what I did this time? Walked right in. (laughs) All right. Well, we have a rebirth, a brand new Phil. <laughs> it feels good. Let me it tell feels you. good. Okay. Um, the thing, <laughs> I'm just curious, how the fuck are you getting yourself in these scenarios where you, people are waiting for your help? Like, I can't, I can't even remember the last time I've experienced a single one of those moments. Here's the thing, though. You're so entrenched in fucking Minnesota nice that you probably do it without even thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that is true. Um, I guess my, it's funny you bring this up actually. And when I was, we were doing our like work party, secret Santa thing at this bar. Right. And we were sitting Mm -hmm. there smoking outside and like, you know, they're talking to randoms out there and I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, this just feels way too fucking exhausting to be talking to, random people like that was the thought that went through my head i'm like i don't know how they do it this just seems exhausting that's when you if you're inside and you don't want to be there anymore say you want to go out and have a smoke if you're outside smoking with people and you don't want to be out there anymore say i gotta take a shit (laughs) (laughs) my friends were fine i could talk to them it was like strangers oh yeah meeting new people is exhausting especially after 35 yeah Definitely. I'm just like, I don't, I'm not in the mood for weird talking about dumb shit that doesn't matter or like them blabbering about something. Uh, maybe we're turning into two grumpy old men, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just at that moment, I'm like, God, I just do not want to talk to strangers. What if you just immediately brought up like Epstein's Island or Sasquatch or you know something crazy? I'll tell you QAnon. what. There probably was at this particular place. There probably was a few QAnon alcoholics, so um, uh, I would have been asking for trouble. <laughs> they would have piled on, circled yeah. around you. You would have never left. Yeah, uh, man. But um, before we get in the episode, have you, have you seen the Tic Tac? <laughs> um, I That's guess I we get. we need to uh, quickly here talk about. Uh, the I recommended for you last week. You reminded me. I totally Ooh. forgot it. The 
the documentary about the cult of Mother God, which yes. I think for me what might have been close to one of the craziest documentaries I've ever seen. Yeah, definitely. So I watched all three episodes. The first episode was kind of a slog to get through. Definitely felt like they were sucking their own dicks for quite a bit of it. Oh, for but sure. But then it started getting crazy. Like there was this moment in the second episode where suddenly like the worm just completely turned to where Mother God went from this like kind of nice, you know, kind of cougarish lady to all of a sudden she's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we forgot to mention it. She's such an alcoholic that she's basically dying. <laughs> Like and the silver stuff without and she's drinking the silver and the silver. Yeah. Yes. And apparently she was anorexic, too, and encouraged her followers to be anorexic. But that might have just been a cost cutting measure. Yeah. Here's the crazy thing. They claim to be. Oh, no, we're not a religion. We're not a religion. We we hate all this stuff. We hate the corporations, blah, blah, blah. How much was that like a corporation? Well, um, we know one guy took all the money, so it definitely is like all the yeah. corporation, but uh, <laughs> their CFO took all the money, which always happens. <laughs> I um, I have been actively using the term for people uh, 3D this and that, like, mm. you know, when you're saying something like I can't handle a 3D world right now. This 3D hospital, this 3D bar, I just, <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. I don't trust them. My favorite part was when she realized that the the Amy lady, when she realized that she was dying and she's telling her followers like, oh, maybe I should go to a 3D hospital. Just, you know, <laughs> try to have them check me out. And they're all like, but we wouldn't let her go. Nope. We wouldn't let her break down, blah, blah, blah. But it was always her who didn't want to go. It's like the lady couldn't walk. Like <laughs> it was that, depending on you people to carry her around. Dude, the um yeah, first off, I've never seen a human being alive turning blue. Um, that mm. was weird. And uh yeah, see, I think I liked the first episode because I loved hearing about their wild ass beliefs. Like I remember I was watching it at work while I was doing other shit and um their beliefs, I was just like dying laughing, how fucking ridiculous they were. Yeah, I did. I did enjoy that part, but it was kind of all the, you know, foofy, like hippy dippy shit that kind of like, I don't really enjoy watching a bunch of people like that kind of like praise themselves. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it definitely got better when they were trying to glaze over how awful like the later experience was. My favorite was, yeah, mother, she like took all these hallucinogens and then she was seeing profits and stuff. I'm like... <laughs> Um, I, I'm pretty sure she was just hallucinating. She wasn't seeing fucking the ghost of Robin Williams. <laughs> I love that. And then they were talking about, I believe one of the, one of the prophets was like Donald Trump. Yeah. Even though he's not dead. Yeah. Yet, it's, he's yeah. still alive, but they acted like he was one of the spirit prophets. <laughs> I, uh, I, they said cults are on the rise since the pandemic. So I have a feeling we're going to be seeing quite a few more of these as uh, the years progress here. Yeah, I I mean, we've, we're definitely seeing a lot of these cult documentaries. It is kind of the golden age of cult documentaries right now, because it seems like there's just a shit ton of them coming out in the past couple of years. So, hey, cults are my favorite. It's just like such a unique brain drain experience that it just is fascinating. Might be the new true crime. 
very true. Well, I mean, technically it was true crime, but uh, but yeah, I know what you mean. But uh, anyway, we've been yakking for a while here, and we're going to be talking about um, someone else who might be a little bit narcissistic, like Martha God. Uh, Are you ready for this week's episode? Ready. Let's hit it. On this week's installment of Sub D, we'll be delving into the life work of another person who, as time has progressed, has shifted from progressive thinking for the time period into just another medical quack looking to accumulate a fortune. Now, there is going to be a better than not chance that you most likely have never heard this man's name, but in some circles, he's considered to be the first ever sexologist or sex therapist in other circles he's considered to be (laughs) the prince of quacks so we kind of have two differing opinions here which i guess he could be both but um but yeah see i yeah i don't know we'll get into him but um this guy is pretty wild must be danny devito (laughs) i'm guessing he's that first ever sexologist (laughs) He's just slinging it around town. I think he's just a pure sex god. He's he's evolved <laughs> beyond a sexologist. Um, I actually, it's funny you bring him up. Over the weekend, I I was painting and uh, the Jersey Mike's commercial came on, and Danny DeVito, you know, has been on there for a while, and yeah. he looks like age is finally catching up with him. Yeah. Oh, he's basically ageless. I, he was in, I don't know if you've ever seen it, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's yeah, Nest. Yeah. So yeah, he's in that movie when he was super young. And obviously he's the extremely short guy in that movie. But it's, yeah, I can't believe it's him. Uh, it's obviously a much, much, you know, slimmer Danny DeVito. <laughs> but yeah, he basically, um, well, was that Batman Returns? Yeah. He kind of had the makeup on to make him look a lot, you know older and more grizzled because he was supposed to be the a penguin. sewer. That's kind of what I always think of Dan DeVito as <laughs> the penguin. See, I always think of him as uh, Frank from It's Always Sunny. Oh, yeah. He was great in that, too. Oh, yeah. he was he was so fucking good. But yeah, in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, he's barely recognizable. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, the person we will be talking about is named Dr. James Graham, who was born on June 23rd, 1745, in the wonderful city of Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, Now, from all sources, James' early family life was considered to be more on the poor side, which I think actually was like the middle class for the time period. (laughs) They have different levels of poor, but... They said he was, they were poor, but not so poor that he could not attend school. So at some point, uh, James Graham would attend the very illustrious Edinburgh University. It was here he was pursuing some sort of medical degree. We don't know what, uh, but he ended up dropping out before acquiring one, which as we have heard many times before... During this time period, you don't actually need a medical degree to perform medical practices. Oh, definitely not. Yeah, in my mind. So when you started talking about uh, this guy, I imagine you'd be saying like, oh, this is like 1920s, 1930s, first ever sexologist. Then you hit me with fucking middle of the 18th century. (laughs) Holy fuck. (laughs) We're going back for this one. This one is the uh, Seven Years War. 
Basically. Is it during this time? I think so. Yeah. Uh, French and Indian War in America. Oh, don't you worry. We will be talking about America on this episode. <laughs> Most important in the world. Oh, Not yeah. at this time, but it's coming up. <laughs> so, yeah, a couple of things. Edinburgh, maybe top three favorite city on all the island of Britain. Uh, obviously, you know, Cardiff right up there. London, probably in the bottom of my favorite. What a fucking dump. <laughs> uh, also, too, I will say back then, I'm pretty sure getting a medical degree in anything was just called a medical degree. You know, it's yeah. basically just <laughs> whatever. You know, you're studying the lungs, you're studying the feet, you're studying the eyes, you just everything. It was I'm doctor. It was the original liberal arts degree. Oh, definitely. Yeah, a little <laughs> jack of all trades there. Yeah. I mean, back then, back during this time in the basically in, you know, most of the world, if you were someone who shaved faces, you were also most likely someone who knocked out teeth. That kind of situation. Hey, I so. w- every time I go to Great Clips, I ask for a tooth extraction. <laughs> so I don't think times have changed. Yeah, that's where uh, I've mentioned this probably 10 times on the show before. The barber's pole. Uh, a lot of those colors, I th- I believe it's the green one means that they also do teeth. <laughs> but of course, no barber does fucking teeth anymore. No, no, hell no. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, not that I trust dentists, but I don't know. Uh, hairdressers, I, I don't know. Not maybe. Um, but anyway, here, continuing on. Now, I just want to say real quick, I think there's actually like three locations we're going to bring up in this episode that Hmm. you have been to in Great Britain. So um, keep in mind here. So now after leaving school sometime in 1764, James Graham would end up marrying a woman by the name of Mary Pickering, who was from the city called Ackworth. Uh, But getting married in 1764 wasn't the only big event in James's life. He would also open up a apothecary in Doncaster, Yorkshire. Now, it isn't confirmed, but some sources speculate that James had the help of William Bunchen. I think it's Bunchen, uh, in opening up this place. Now, William Bunchen would be the creator of the famous book called Domestic Medicine, which apparently people just bought, had in their homes at the time. It wasn't actually, you know... I mean, it was groundbreaking in the fact that it told them about medicines and treatments, you know, but obviously I'm pretty sure some of the medical advice is a little bit outdated in modern times. Yeah, it possibly still involved leeches for all we know. (laughs) So probably a lot of religious shit in there, too. Oh, using the cross to heal yeah. wounds and to yeah. <laughs> get bad vapors out of you. I will <laughs> say my number one favorite city is, in fact, Doncaster. I thought so, this was the town. I thought that's it was. the town. Yeah, we ended up on our way back from Edinburgh, actually. Our train, uh, at, we didn't make it all the way back to where our destination was. We ended up getting caught up in Doncaster, had to call some uh, friends of ours to drive up the three hours to come pick us up so while we were waiting that three hours the train station was a half block away from like a whole block of 
bars and clubs out in Doncaster. And every, like, they weren't used to Americans like we, you know, like London. They're all used to just people from all around the world. Doncaster, we were like celebrities. People were buying <laughs> drinks for us. Like, people were talking to us. It was great. I, when I was, like, start building this episode, I was like, I'm pretty sure this is, like, Phil's favorite city in the entire fucking world. Um, oh, yeah. And how you know what it what is it um i don't know what do you call it where there's like weird connections oh serendipitous yeah like uh because you've been here this is your favorite place and we just so happen to be talking about a guy who his very first business was set up here granted it was a you know crazy ass medicine shop but he still worked there basically like a drugstore but you might die yeah uh it would be so crazy to just be able to walk into a late 1700s fucking medicine shop and just see the type of shit they have sitting there yeah can i just get straight mercury just <laughs> just for dropping on my tongue let's see what happens or you got syphilis you just inject it right in your dick like oh my god <laughs> Fucking yep. a, that was man. the treatment back then yikes god damn i mean i don't even think mother or <laughs> mother god would even attempt that in modern time she might drink oh. mercury though she might put <laughs> she might put it in other people's genital probably <laughs> not her own yeah very true <laughs> Now, James's adventures continued when in 1770, he decided to leave England and head for the United States of America, which obviously we know it wasn't yet. Uh, once he landed in America, he apparently would move from colony to colony, claiming to be now Dr. Graham, who was an oculus and a orist, um, meaning he treated eyes and ears. In 1771, he was calling Philadelphia home and took out a very long advertisement talking about his services, which included cataract <gasps> surgery, placement of prosthetic eyes, resolving hearing issues, removal of foreign objects from the ears, which included bugs and other wild ass things like that. Oh, no way. Uh, an eye surgery during this time? Yeah, you might as well just go ahead and pay for the prosthetic eye. I was going to say, I'm sure it was a two for one deal. He'll quote unquote do the cataract surgery and then you just so happen to need <laughs> a prosthetic eye. Yo, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> your last payment's going to be your first payment towards the prosthetic <laughs> eye. I will say uh, removing the bugs from the ears. Hopefully they were just using the straight alcohol. Uh, kind of like that's basically what they use now to kill the bug. And then they take a pair of like tweezers and extract it. So hopefully they were doing that and not just going in there and <laughs> fucking going after the bug. Well, that will destroy your eardrum. I, it was funny because um, I was re like the big it's an old timey ad or whatever. Right. I It was so big. I couldn't read it all here. But I'm like, it is such a. 1700s thing for people to just have fucking bugs in their ears oh well, i mean it happens now well yeah but you know, but uh, it it's much easier to go to a doctor now yeah but yeah yeah so i mean it's funny he just comes to america and be like oh i'm a, i'm i'm a doctor i do it i, I do <laughs> surgery now i can help you no credentials needed he impressed them with his uh british accent yeah <laughs> 
Probably. Wait, no, he had a Scottish accent, didn't he? Yeah, 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 oh, he did. Okay. Yeah, maybe. He did. Maybe that helped. I mean, I imagine in America at this time, there was a lot of people with those accents, right? Oh, he let a dirty Irish, too. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a just shitty Irish accents out there. I think that's the only place he doesn't go is fucking Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, look at your ears. <laughs> like, I can't help you, sir. I can't even tell what the fuck you're telling me's wrong with you. <laughs> now, it was while James Graham was in Philadelphia that he learned about a relatively new discovery, electricity. With his new interest in electricity, he would be trained on all of its principles from a friend and partner of Benjamin Franklin named Ebenezer Kinnersley. Now, with the newfound knowledge, James Graham began to theorize that perhaps electricity was the secret in advances in medical tech or medical therapies and began creating the prototype for his quote unquote celestial bed which we were going to talk about later in the episode uh james graham is quoted by saying quote electricity invigorates the whole body and remedies all physical defects so uh you can, can you kind of see where this is going yeah um <laughs> honestly it kind of still exists a little bit because you yeah. every once in a while you will see kind of the like the shock therapy not like high voltage obviously but no you know to increase circulation to help your joints move around that kind of stuff um uh to like loosen up knots in your back um we had one of those where you put the little pads on your back and it shoots electricity oh yes to stimulate the muscles yep exactly yeah uh, we would always try to put it on our, our stomach and try to get abs. <laughs> Turn it all the way up to fucking 10. Just let that shit like oscillate back and forth. Dude, Um. well, obviously, yes, it is being used for that. But uh, <laughs> it, as we mentioned, there's a lot of sexual things, which is why <laughs> Oh, what yeah. he's going to be uh, thinking it's going to be helping. But um, I just think it's so weird this guy... Like, he has, like, a little connection to, you know, f- some of the most famous people in all of history. Yeah, uh, kind of one of those people who, well, it doesn't seem like he rubs elbows with them necessarily as he's kind of acquainted with their acquaintances. So, more or less. some sources say that he did meet Benjamin Franklin in the United States and when he was a ambassador after the Revolutionary War in France. They say he, Oh, so he ends he, up going to France, too. Yeah, they claim he does, although, you know, as we know, 1700s history, unless it's <laughs> something very big, is a little sketchy. Yeah, unless you can really trust the source. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's Well, so he's talking about the celestial bed and the use of electricity. How much actual... I know that, you know, they kind of figured out kind of what it is. I know, though, that they didn't really understand it very well, and they didn't know how to, like, harness it. Well, somehow, somehow, some way, he figures out how to shock people, I guess. Okay, Not maybe electric- he's using, like, some kind of static, like, grounded or metal or static electricity, something like that. Yeah, but- he, he shocks people. It's not like he's doing fucking full electrotherapy. He's just, like... A quick volt. I think that's about the most they can he can get out of it. 
They didn't realize it, but underneath the table, he had a little Charizard. <laughs> he had a little <laughs> Pikachu. Pikachu just zapping the shit out of him. Shockwave! <laughs> uh, now, perhaps with a little foresight, uh, James ended up leaving America just prior to the Revolutionary War taking off, like literally the year before. Um, when he returned to England, he would first begin treating patients with his remarkable cures in Bristol. Then he traveled around to Holland, Germany, and Russia doing what we're not really sure. Um, he just went to these places. Maybe he was practicing his medical crafts. Maybe he was learning more shit. I, we don't. We don't know what the hell he was doing. In gotcha. 1776, James would open up a practice at apartment number four, South Parade in Bath. His practice was advertising different cures, which included, quote, chemical essences and aerial, ethereal, magnetic, and electri <laughs> electrical vapors, baths, and applications. <laughs> I'm just like, when you read that, like, how do you have an aerial vapor? Like, what is an I guess <laughs> maybe you're burning incense or something. I get the aerial vapors, but ethereal yeah. and electrical vapors. <laughs> like, electrical vapors, when I think of that, I think of, like, oh, shit, the toaster's about to start on yeah. fire. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you get that smell? Yeah. He, uh, You're going to see that his medicines have a lot of hocus-pocus titles. Like, yeah, magnetic vapors, electrical vapors, electrical baths, magnetic baths, blah, 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 blah. blah. It, it just a bunch of bullshit. That sounds fancy. Yeah. You know, but, um, but yeah, were you in, didn't you talk about Bristol before? Yeah. So on, we, we went to, was I with you? I don't we think took so. a train. We took a train to get to Cardiff, right? Yes. Yes, we did. We did. Okay. So we passed through Bristol, I believe, but we didn't pass through Bath. But you have been to Bath, right? I've been to Bath and Bristol, Stonehenge, all those. Yeah, um, kind of down along like the southwest there in England on your way to like Wales. Again, Phil, you've been in two locations where this man has been. So I've uh... basically walked in his footsteps <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> It turns out he also went to Hawkwold come Wilton and opened up a little Ooh, shop too. Yeah, he, he retired in Brandon. That's where he lived for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah. Brandon's where the uh, the train stop is that we used to get around when I where I was living at. So <laughs> it was wasn't that like right like the town you lived in was really close, wasn't it? Yeah, the town I lived in was a tiny little village and then Brandon was like the tiny little town. That the village was connected to. Ah, and then it was okay. all connected to Thetford. Thetford. Okay. I forget about Thetford. Yeah. Um, continuing on here. Now, we have a description. I wish there was more I, I, like eyewitness testimony about some of his treatments, but I only really found this one. Um, it's a description from one of Dr. Graham's patients that had gone to his establishment in Bath looking for a cure for his rheumatism, uh, Dr. Graham would recommend his famous earth bath. Okay, now earth bath, that is the cure for rheumatism, cure for rheumatism. Now, the man goes on to describe how his earth bath went. He was first led into Dr. Graham's garden and was requested to strip completely naked behind a screen, so there was a little privacy. There was a 
big hole in the ground that was large enough for basically a single person to stand upright inside. They instructed the naked man, go ahead and get in that hole. Uh, They would then fill up the hole with freshly sifted black dirt all the way up to the man's collarbones. Uh, The man would then sit in the hole for three to four hours. Uh, They had kind of other people buried nearby. So to pass the time, you'd kind of talk to (laughs) your neighbor who is also buried (laughs) in the fucking hole. Your neighbor who also just got swindled. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> apparently after it was over, they they pull you out of the hole and they like dust you off, clean all the dirt off of your body. They tell mm-hmm. you to get dressed and then and then you leave. Uh, the man felt he he's unclear. It's unclear if he actually felt like this helped him or not. But what he said is the heat from the sun. <laughs> bearing down on him while he was in the hole and this like weird feeling of suffocation from being buried uh, was too uncomfortable so he could not bring himself to return for further treatments now now you see they could have just <laughs> you know opened up a whale corpse and thrown yes. him in there because i yeah. believe that was the cure for rheumatism in australia yeah right? yes it was yeah. um <laughs> i'm just like I know people were a lot more gullible, you know, especially with ailments that seemed like this just incurable affliction. So you're going to try anything. Um, yep. It's not like you had ibuprofen uh, when your fucking body started hurting. So why not just get in a hole? Why not just get in a hole and just and just see what happens? I thought he had just dug a few holes in his yard and then filled them up with water and told him to get in the mud. But this is a little bit worse, I think. Yeah, this, um, is, this is worse. Because it's not actually a bath. You just literally, you're just in dirt. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. It. I am. I imagine this It's one of those situations where it doesn't cure your rheumatism as much as you don't think about your rheumatism when your entire body is being crushed and your face is being <laughs> scorched by the sun. You probably don't think at all about your rheumatism. Um, yeah, I, I, you know what's crazy though, and may, may call me a pessimist, but I feel like if somebody in certain neighborhoods in certain cities uh, opened one of these, you could get a certain section of humanity to truly believe this was some sort of magical earth magic cure or something. Oh, God. Sonora, Arizona. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you tell them like Gaia is implanting her her life energy inside of you in this hole. Um, and we, we can do this for you for, you know, $300 for a few hours. You just go ahead and get in that hole and you get revitalized by Mother Earth. $300? I don't believe you. Oh, did I say $300? I meant $3,000. <laughs> $3,000. Can me and my husband go in? This is ley line charged dirt. We are right ley on the ley line right here. It is like a main artery of Mother Earth's life magic, and it will come if, right into you. If you didn't say ley line, I was going to say magnetic sweet spot because I couldn't <laughs> think of ley line. I couldn't think of that phrase. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> of course, of course, the Arizona dirt in this area is going to heal you. It's the it's the magnetic sweet spot. It's the ley lines. And if you get sting by a scorpion, that just means that it's working. 
<laughs> that's actually good luck in Arizona. So if you get stung by a scorpion, <laughs> no, it's a joke. Ah, no, it's not, okay. It's not a good. It it you know it happens. But you know normally, not... so they don't come after you. Normally, it's if you step on. That's the yeah. Um. Well, you're Arizona, Phil. Now, so I gotta. I can't. You know, you're you you've ingested an entire different culture that I do not fully understand. So. I'm not sure if you're kidding or not. Continuing on here. As time progressed, his clinic became more and more popular with several people doing multiple sessions of these earth baths or other horse shit that he was hawking. But would what would really, really help Dr. James Gordon get popular was when the celebrities of the time started using his services. One in particular was... Catherine McCall, Macaulay, something like that, who is a prominent English historian and writer who was at the forefront of radical transatlantic politics. Do you have any idea what that means? Uh, no. Okay. I do not. Okay. We'll just... Maybe maybe it's um against the slave trade? That definitely could be. Yeah. I, Possibly. Yeah, that, That's the only thing I could think of. With transatlantic. You know? Yeah. You're probably right. You are probably right. Now, it would have been considered radical 17, what, 80s at this point? Would have been considered pretty radical. Uh, the British were actually the first ones to outlaw the um, the slave trade. And they had such a powerful navy, they could enforce it. So. Oh, okay. They started it and then they ended it first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, continuing on here. Now, this might seem like, wow, Dr. Graham, he got a big fish here. The truth of the matter was, is that Catherine was actually, or actually probably came to his place of business because she was married to Dr. Graham's 21-year-old brother. So he probably just asked her to come in there and help him promote it. The other celebrity who did come on her own accord was Lady Spencer Mother of Georgiana, Duchess of Devonshire. I don't know what that means. Uh, with his rising popularity and in income, he will soon open up what he kind of becomes most famous for in London. Now, do you know this lady Spencer? Um, no. I so I I believe Diana's last name, uh, Princess Diana's last name was Spencer. Her maiden okay. name was Spencer. So it might be from that family. A duchess would have been, if it's the mother of a duchess, that means like a duchess is married to one of the princes of the king. So if you're oh, a duke, okay. that means that you're like in the immediate royal family of the king, I believe. So she definitely would have been well known in this time period, like by the locals. Oh, definitely in the area. Yeah. By proxy, she'd have been a very important person if you're the mother of a duchess. So uh -oh. having your daughter marry one of the king's sons makes your whole family like more important. So gotcha. It, you know. Okay. So yeah. So she was definitely a big catch for him if she came oh, down definitely. to his yeah. his little clinic. I don't know what she did there. Um, probably a earth bath or some <laughs> sort of electric, uh, <laughs> concoction. I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, I guess this, he got enough money to open up what I'm about to talk about here, which he must've had quite a bit of income to do this. So go ahead. I imagine, I imagine it's just like with a club nowadays. 
there's people who have these clubs and they'll hire celebrities just to kind of like walk through, get a drink, be seen drinking in the bar, have people like take pictures of them and then leave. And they're getting paid like 50 grand, like a hundred grand, depending on who they are, just to kind of like waltz through a club and then walk the fuck out basically. So I wonder if it's kind of the same thing where her celebrity was enough in the area that he like just having her seen in your shop kind of gave you that big pop. People talked about you, you know. How much would we have to pay Danny DeVito to say he loves Subliminal Deception podcast? I'm guessing about 15 grand. <laughs> you think so? Have him as a uh, our, our spokesperson? Just to say it once, ah, I'm guessing about 15, 15 grand. grand. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to we're going to start a fundraiser to get Danny DeVito <laughs> on here. He's got he's got such a great voice though. I mean, it sound great. That they would. We'll let him do the intro from now on. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of that four-year-old song. Yeah. <laughs> Just have Danny DeVito hype us up <laughs> with the same music in the background. That actually would be not bad. No. Replace all of the uh, replace all of the people talking with just Danny DeVito hyping <laughs> us up. That's pretty good. Well, it'll be Danny DeVito saying their lines. That would be the best here. <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That is subliminal deceptions goal for the future. <laughs> Go fund me awaiting. <laughs> Now, Dr. Graham would open his business in Adelphi, which is a district within Westminster area of London. Apparently, the kind of the buildings that he's going to move into were famous or were like really well known or something or like really brand new. So he's going into like prime fucking real estate for for this time period. Uh, What he's going to open up is going to be known as the Temple of Health and Hymen, uh, mm. also known as Templum Ascuc... My Latin is not good. Ascupilium Sacrium. I'm sorry, Latin people. Uh, in case you're wondering, the Hymen is not for the piece of skin in the vagina... It is the son of Apollo, who is the god of marriage ceremonies, who inspires feasts and song. The Temple of Health and Hymen would be designed to heal the sick and keep the well healthy. So this is an all-around, doesn't matter what condition you're in, this is the place for you. Gotcha. Did it also at this time mean that too? Because most people nowadays seeing that would just assume that. You know, it's a hymen. It's hymen. Yeah, it's, it's, yes. This is he has like a lot of Greek god shit in here. Okay, so so he really meant it as that, and not kind of as a you know this. Yes, kind of puts things back together if you want to get married. You know what I mean? I ha- it's not that kind of. It's not that kind of. No, doctor, no, no, no. You no. Know? I have no, 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 no. I have a okay. feeling they didn't even call it the hymen back then. I did. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't look up the full history of Hyman, <laughs> of a Hyman, but I have a strong inkling that it's not uh, what he was going for. Okay, gotcha. It's just, yeah, there's a lot of like Greek God stuff. There's a quote that the temple is dedicated to Apollo, which Hyman is Apollo's son, and yeah, so that's why it's called this. Okay. I don't know why he's so into Greek stuff, but he is. I, I think there was actually during this time, 
Um, so you know how Washington is designed. Washington DC is designed very, you know, pillars and all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, there was kind of a resurgence of kind of the old Roman and Greek style of buildings. So okay. that's basically why all of those buildings in Washington are kind of designed like that. I know obviously like they never, the buildings that like, you know, 2000 years after the Greek and Roman buildings were built and fell down, uh, all of those pillars didn't have any paint on them. So that's the reason why like Washington, D.C., like the White House and all of those like Congress, why none of them are like painted bright colors. Uh, a lot of those buildings in Rome and Greece were actually like their pillars were painted. But now, it, you know, like after 2000, 1500 years, whatever. None of the paint lasted, but I do know there was a resurgence during so, this time. So, are you saying like the pillars in Washington D.C. the stone or the material is just that color? Um, I believe so. The White House, I think that's might be painted white, but I think okay. Congress is just the color just of the cement. Because okay. I, we, I, in my uh, what was it? My Greek history class, we learned the reason why they. Um, they didn't paint like they did with the Greek, like the Greeks with their pillars and all that. They didn't know that the Greeks painted them. Ah, the Romans were like painting them colors. So gotcha. they thought that the way that they were seeing it was the way that they had it back then. Like the marble, you know. Gotcha. Okay. I did not know that. Well, that is a uh, fun fact there. So, uh, yeah, maybe that makes sense why he's super into this, I guess. Yeah, but basically what I was saying, big resurgence during this time. Maybe that's why, because like everyone was getting into it at that time. Well, that would make sense. Yeah, it also affected art, too. So there is a very famous painting of George Washington. He's in the style of basically the god Zeus. You know, the famous really? like Zeus, like sitting down on a throne, uh, basically, you know, shirtless, kind of wearing like a toga deal. They have a painting of George Washington looking like that. So. I I don't know if I've ever act, I've seen that one. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, it's a pretty famous painting. A lot of conspiracy theorists kind of go along with like, oh, they, you know, he was the Illuminati, whatever, you know, person. But yeah, kind of like the style of a lot of culture during that time hmm. reflected. Okay. You know what? When you get rich, Phil, please have someone paint you in a toga sitting on Zeus's throne and have it just right in your, by your front door, right when you walk in. In the style of Vulcan. Just yeah. a fat, <laughs> drunk, <fucking laughs> asshole. Uh, <coughs> that would be perfect. Oh, making me cough here. <clears throat> now, the Temple of Health and Hymen was full of even wilder ideas for medicine than even his previous businesses. Now, the cost to enter the establishment was two guineas, which at the time, according to the sources, 21 shillings equaled one guinea. So you would need 42 shillings to enter this and one guinea. I don't know if this is right. This is just what the source said. One guinea in today's uh, value, I guess, was is one year, a little over one euro. I don't know if that sounds right. Does it to you? Have you even heard their money been called guineas before? Uh, no, I I don't know if maybe it's like a quid now or a pound. Maybe that's I know that 
so like nowadays like the brits they use like a shit ton of like coins and different uh like little pentamounts yeah so i basically i've forgotten all of the ones but <laughs> yeah going out to the bar you just have a pocket full of change by the end of the night maybe may, uh, maybe guinea was an old currency that they used obviously they still use shillings right they use <laughs> pens shillings and pounds right they just traded around Italian immigrants. Just <laughs> They're like, maybe this is considered um, uh, racist. Maybe we should change the name of our, change the name of our yeah, money. Yeah, I'm thinking that, possibly. <laughs> now, once you paid the two-guinea entrance fee, once you were inside, you could partake in music therapy, pneumatic chemistry, poetry, fireworks, dance therapy, or for the for no additional cost, you could be shocked by one of the chairs you sat in by conductors that were apparently hidden below them. So he would kind of just like not tell people they were in there and then he would just shock them and then claim that it was like kind of awakening something in them, I guess. It was kind of his his little his little gag. Um, you, <laughs> you could purchase marriage guidance material curated specifically by Dr. Graham. He would also give daily medical lectures such as Lecture on Generation, which recommended that patients thoroughly wash their genitals with cold water and participate in marital sex. But Dr. Graham vehemently against masturbation or the purchase of services offered by prostitutes, but he did encourage the ladies to read erotic literature, but do not touch yourself. Okay, interesting. So yeah, I believe there's uh there's some uh, fellas on the YouTube who are giving <laughs> pretty much the same advice out now. No masturbation. <laughs> he it's a joke. He but. was wait, he, he was the original inventor of No Nut November. That's that's what's going on here. Um, Potentially. <laughs> I think the washing genitals in cold water, um, you know, just washing them in general, probably not a bad idea. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, might have been fucking revolutionary thought for the time, like actually yeah. washing your junk. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> maybe he's thinking that it's, you know, if you don't masturbate and you don't visit prostitutes, you know, you're saving your good shots for the old lady, <laughs> possibly. To ensure she gets pregnant, I guess. You know, obviously, yeah. the, it seems like a lot of the stuff he was kind of focusing on was helping ED or um, women who couldn't get pregnant. It yeah. seemed like that was kind of like a big, some of the big selling points for his services, because obviously, uh, I guess it was the main goal in life to get have children. Yeah, for... Basically, like before Viagra like came out and took off, people really didn't talk about that. And it's just something that kind of like, I guess people would have suffered in silence for what fucking thousands of years. Yeah. You're just, your dick just stopped working. <laughs> you didn't know why, you know, I mean, so maybe if he was promising to help people with it, maybe it's something on the down low, you know, where he's kind of like, you know, people, he will kind of mention their symptoms and he's like, oh, I know exactly, you know. I've heard it before. Don't yeah. Worry. Cold water. No, not fucking no <laughs> prostitutes. <laughs> of course, maybe the reading of erotic material might help the dudes as well. But 
I don't know. I wonder why he recommends the ladies read the erotic literature and not the men. I I kind of get the impression now through reading this, and obviously it didn't include everything about him, but I slightly get the impression he might have been a little bit of a pervert. Ah, Like he might have gotten some sort of a joy out of like knowing these ladies are reading a lot of erotic literature, like something like that. We're like telling being people, in con- yeah, being in control. Yeah. Being in control of these people's sex lives. Yeah. I have a weird feeling that there was some of that in there. I, I have a feeling, um, but uh, I can't say for certain. Now, another big, I think this actually might have been ahead of the time as well. Um, Another big thing that he did to kind of draw customers in to the Temple of Health and Hymen was he had these scandally clad women who would display themselves as, quote, goddesses of health. And he made sure these were like the most attractive women. They had perfect bodies, kind of like a Greek woman physique, I guess you would say. And these women would would stand there and their main purpose was kind of trying to help sell Dr. Graham's medicines to the patrons. Um, some of the medicines you might see them hawking included electrical ether, ether uh, nervous ethereal balsam, or imperial pills, which each were about a guinea each. Um, if you were someone who had more money and could afford some of the classier, I guess, services, you could have some of his more advanced electrical equipment, which included electrotherapy thrones or electrotherapy crowns that give you light light electric shock that was said to cure impotence and barrenness. So you basically had to pay a lot extra to get more jolts of electricity that would then fix your boner or ensure or help you get pregnant, I should say. Yeah, or soften up that womb a little bit. <laughs> um, he might be like the first ever club promoter. Yeah, you know, there you or, go. Again, I mean, hell, used car salesmen like love this tactic. Yeah, you get some scantily yeah. clad ladies in there. Fucking, all of a sudden they, you know, <laughs> they move the guys over from the you know sensible sedans to the muscle cars and the fucking you know, <laughs> I mean, the luxury th- vehicles. Think about it. Your very favorite bar in Arizona. Their entire model is this, right? Oh, definitely. Well, that's just clubs in the city in general, you know. But, but I mean, <laughs> before eight o'clock, those girls are wearing, you know, jean shorts and, you know, tank tops. It's, you know, it's not a Hooters or something like that. It's just clubs in the city uh, do this, you know. They're so when I was there with the bartender you, chicks wear nothing. It looked like there was a vortex sucking in their fucking undergarments like the string was so tight in between their ass cheeks that i've never seen it like that before personally unless you're at a strip club yeah the uh the girls that could get out in minnesota maybe can't pull that off very well but (laughs) no the daisy dukes i see a lot but not um the leotards oh yeah it's well it's it's kind of funny because you see them during the day and they're just if you go in there for like say brunch on Sunday, they're just wearing like jeans and a fucking tank top or a shirt, whatever. And then all of a sudden it gets to be eight o'clock. You see like 
them all go to the back and then come back and they're just wearing basically nothing. <laughs> so so here's what I'm wondering. Like, I don't even know if you know, but having women in basically like, I would assume close to a bikini and panties or something, you know, maybe a little bit more clothing. Um, this, there's no way this had been, this was being done at very many establishments, right? Uh, ooh, it's hard to say. I yeah. don't, I mean, so everywhere basically had a red leg district where you would have, you know, as long as they were still inside and not outside, they could basically be like, you know, bare chested. Like think about New Orleans, basically, or fuck, uh, God, what's that city in, uh, the Netherlands, Amsterdam. Yeah. Think about like maybe the red light districts uh, back then. Um, and then also there's like the wild west a little bit later on. Yeah. They were having chicks basically doing the same thing, getting guys to come in, buy drinks, buy pussy. You know what I mean? It's not, <laughs> you know, it's not unheard of, but to sell medicine, that would have been pretty fucking revolutionary. That wouldn't be happening again until you get the, the pharmaceutical reps of the <laughs> the 90s and 2000s yeah that is uh, yeah that is true also i just realized phil i'm glad the term buy pussy <laughs> went out of fashion uh 100 years ago i'm really i'm really We're bringing it back <laughs> <laughs> i'm really glad that particular phrase went <laughs> went out of style because i i think that's the last time i hope i ever hear that again <laughs> Your your goddamn sensibilities there, Cody. I'm telling you, living in the north is making. I think yeah. I I think <laughs> I I I think I would just prefer having sex with with a sex worker or whatever is much classier than buying pussy. <laughs> purchasing purchasing the services of a lady of the night. <laughs> yes, there, perfect. You uh, you. Got- <laughs> Oh shit, that was good. That shit made me laugh. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, continuing on here. Now, as I mentioned before, the celestial bed. We this is kind of the crowning achievement that is kind of what this place was known for at the Temple of Health and Hymen. And it was something that was apparently specifically designed to guarantee guarantee a pregnancy and or would guarantee imp- to improve your health. That is how special this bed was. I have a picture kind of it, of it here, um, but I'm going to go through the description that was in some journalist at the time wrote about it. So this is kind of like his words talking about it. So it goes as follows. The oversized bed, which measured nine by 12 feet, could be tilted for an optimal angle and was supported by glass rods that could permit the bed and its occupants to become so charged with stacked electricity that it gave off a greenish glow. Decorative automata and a pair of live turtle doves and lush banquets of fresh flowers were also features on the bed. Adding to the ambiance was a mattress stuffed with special mixture of sweet-smelling herbs and hair from the tails of the most rampant English stallions (laughs) with a special (laughs) celestial pipe organ played music calculated to inspire lovemaking. Now, if you want this ultimate sex bed it only costed you 
50 pounds per round. Okay, I think I think it's pretty pretty reasonable. Um, what what do you think? Fifty pounds back then was a lot, quite yeah. a bit of fucking money. I think you could have bought a decent house for. I forget what the fucking exchange rate. We talked about um, what the pound exchange rate was back in like the like eighteen hundreds, but like back then, what pounds was? Oh, that was. So much money. I will say, though, talking about this bed, you do have a very large uh, picture of it up. Yeah. Um, it looks like there are people like maybe in the basement uh, playing music. I'm just going to go along with what I what I see. There's uh, a manual organ or basically kind of like, you know, the little spinning ballerina, how it has the the little um, little teeth that yeah. hit, that, you know, it looks like they have one of those. Um, God. Oh, also, too. Um, where it says about the tilting of the bed, they make things like wedges and stuff for kind of like tilting. So that's not exactly like unheard <laughs> of, I suppose. Well, um, think of the static electricity from the glass rods, man. That is like charging your genitals and your cum is like the flash and it just shoots in there and she's pregnant instantly. <laughs> yeah, just... Uh... <laughs> I like that description, actually. That's yeah. pretty good. Oh, yeah. But I don't. Yeah, maybe that's just going for style points with the static electricity and all of that. Um, the music, too. I mean, you know, get them in the mood. Not unheard of. And today, yeah, get them in the mood, kind of get a rhythm going, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know what that feller's doing. Maybe he's making, you know, steam coming up <laughs> from the bed or something. But so, yeah, there's there's a lot going on here, I should say. Okay, I'm not no medical expert, but correct me if I'm wrong, but haven't you heard that, like, because I would say Baroness and, um, what do you call it, uh, miscarriages and such were so common during this time period because people were like, there's a lot of stress in the world and people were eating so unhealthy and all those factors, right? So... I imagine people were looking for anything they could do to get pregnant, right? To, yeah, get pregnant, to keep their, you know... Keep their baby, um, all that. There's, I mean, there's so many advances that we benefit from, like in prenatal health and, you know, all... Like you mentioned it, kind of like just general health, all of that. Also, too, um, the infant mortality rate... Uh, once the baby was born, um, getting an infection, you know, the, the mother would get an infection sometimes and, you know, it was very dangerous business having kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say though, that maybe also the placebo effect is coming in here because maybe oh. you thinking that this will work might kind of like, you know, if you're, you know, if your boys aren't swimming that well. Uh, and you know, or your works are all clogged up. Maybe that'll help it along a little bit. It could so. be. I mean, like you said, that uh, you got the music and stuff. You know, a lot of people, uh, when they're fornicating, listen to music. Uh, maybe yep. the music would help everybody relax and kind of make sure all the uh, pipes and such were working correctly. <laughs> Just kind of like chilling everybody out, you know. Um, I mean, obviously they're not going to be playing some fucking nineties R and B on here, but, uh, maybe some organ mu hey, music sexy. I don't know. That was the fucking R and B of the day though. Some, oh you know what I mean? Like, 
popular music back then was a little different than it is now. So I just remember. So there was an episode of King of the Hill where they go back in time, back when um, Hank and Peggy first got Ladybird. Ladybird is their dog, obviously. Yeah. And uh, Hank, obviously, everyone knows he has the narrow urethra. But the dog was said to kind of like he thought that it calmed him down or, you know, kind of put him at ease enough to where it maybe opened up and uh, he got one past the goalie finally. So um, question, if you were one of these guys who had to work underneath this bed, right? <laughs> you're just listening to these people going to town up there, making all the moaning and all that. Um, what a weird what a weird job. <laughs> I would rather be one of the guys playing the organ than the person who has to clean that fucking yeah. priceless bed afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> he got jizz all over the English stallion hair again. God damn it. God, do you know how hard it is? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. They have to refill the aroma fucking incense in the bed every single time. It's like, got ugh. God damn it. God, can you imagine sleeping on a bed of fucking horsehair? herbs and flowers just like god that would have to be uncomfortable right i mean to be honest horses kind of stink anyway so i imagine their tail or their hair probably stunk too well they're not really sleeping on these beds so i'm guessing they're only spending a few minutes actually on the bed <laughs> before everything's <laughs> true true you know unless unless the guy really does have a problem and it takes a lot of uh, sizzle with the steak to uh, make it happen. So, <laughs> Well, um, kind of at this point, you know, after he's kind of built up his reputation, kind of the ending of Dr. Graham from like everything I could find is like pretty, a pretty abrupt nosedive. OK, so mm -hmm. this is kind of kind of come to an end pretty quick here. So one of the main things that he was so successful successful with is kind of drawing in the west, the wealthier aristocracy within Great Britain to get his services. Because obviously you're going to have to have money to buy a fucking night stay on this 50-pound bed, right? Like the average yep. person is not going to be able to afford that. By 1784... He started to kind of deal with severe financial hardships. I don't know if this was his fault or the business's fault, but most of the sources said it's just his ideas and stuff were were kind of like trends, right? Super, super yep. popular. Everybody's doing it. And then it just nobody cares anymore. It comes crashing down. Some other bullshit comes in, some other fad, and then everybody goes there, especially if it's like some sort of new mag or magical medical cure or something like that. So after he loses everything, sells all his shit, he has to pack up and go back to Edinburgh, just kind of where he all started out from. You got to also remember, too, post-American Revolution, Britain extremely like a bunch of factors including an expensive foreign war there was a bunch of other shit everything started to come together to where like their economy was in like dire straits okay so they had a really bad economic stretch right after the american revolutionary war so that might have affected it too whether the aristocracy could afford his uh kind of you know his cure-alls and his you know all of his bullshit. What what do they call that? Like, um, 
when people have a lot of money, they buy things that they don't necessarily need. There's a word for that. Uh, well, I mean, luxury. Spending. Yes, luxury um, purchases. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, I guess this could kind of be considered kind of a luxury thing, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, really, too, it, if it stops working also, then yeah. maybe kind of like the word gets out. Uh, kind of like you said, there's a new fad that comes along. Um, maybe something like hotter comes in. But especially, I mean, if all of a sudden rich people have less money to spend, you know, spending 50 pounds, which I don't even know how much that would be. Imagine if 50 pounds is the equivalent to like a, a, a used car nowadays. Yeah. You would have to be, yeah. you know, super rich just to blow it on just fucking in a bed. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah you'd have to be one of like think about like those hotels that cost like 12 grand a night you know it's not just a normal rich person who can afford to stay there it's like a you have to be like super wealthy yeah just to be to yeah. where you wouldn't even notice that money being gone yeah but a person who makes say it's like a rich person who makes like 800 grand a year like 12 grand a night is pretty fucking expensive still yeah you know it would yeah that'd be a tough uh, bullet to bite down on like you'd have to be fucking I don't know Will Smith or something like someone who just has so much money they don't even know what to do with it yeah well like that movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall um, the chick who played Jackie in that 70s show basically said like no don't worry just clean up after yourself the only people who stay in these rooms are like Oprah and she never comes by <laughs> <laughs> at the Hawaiian hotel that he was staying at I forgot. That's a good movie. I do. I do really, really appreciate that. Uh, that movie's really good. Now, continuing on here. So, after kind of everything fall, fall had fallen apart, some sources said he kind of dabbled with some of the old methods, like doing earth baths and stuff, more on a local level. Um, mm -hmm. And at some point, he just straight up just ditched just ditched all his medical treatments with electricity. Um, people claim he started to get a messiah complex, which, as I said, he kind of has narcissistic tendencies, I I would think. Um, he started his own religion, but he was the only <laughs> member of said religion. <laughs> uh, he, he became such a religious fanatic that he was strongly opposing the... Unitarian views of Joseph Priestley, which must have been kind of a newer up and coming religion. Um, and because he went on these weird rants, he would be arrested for lunacy a couple times. He would either be arrested or just arrested and then confined to his home and not allowed to leave because of his eccentric religious beliefs. I will say, not a horrible idea after you, you know. Go to hard like go on hard times. Go back to what brought you to the dance. Um, imagine like being in a casino, you know, losing all your money at the high stakes table. Time to go back to the slots. You know, <laughs> I got twenty bucks. <laughs> Let's make it ride. Um, also, too, uh, yeah, being the only member of your own religion, um, he wasn't able to, I guess, get anyone on board with that. That's a really sad day when it comes time to drink the Kool Aid. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I. It doesn't go into detail, but it almost it almost sounds like his his mind kind of just like just snapped. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he had a 180 degree shift from 
where he was till to where he is now, and he just is super into Jesus. He hates anybody who's not into Jesus and just is just ranting and raving. Yeah, the bottom fell out of his life. You can either well, climb out of the pit or dig yourself deeper, and he decided to uh, dig <laughs> grab the shovel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, um, as his kind of extreme religious views kind of continued to morph, he started to get into extreme vegetarianism. He believed it was oh. the only... <laughs> he believed it was the right way to live, and then... He started to believe that extended fasting was a surefire way to prolong your life. Apparently, he claimed he was going to be able to live to at least 150 years old. You're Unfo- fucking with me. He has to be an inter- a modern day internet person. No, this is no. This is exactly what these fuckers are talking about. Do- it's the exact same. No nut fucking <laughs> fasting. Going to live to be 150. This is this is like. Basically, you can go on YouTube and find like a dozen of these guys in one clip. Yeah. Just go on TikTok and search like holistic uh, health techniques or something. Holistic health bro. Yeah. And you'll find 12 of them. I think this guy was ahead of his time. I'm just going to throw that out there. He was ahead of his time. Oh, in many aspects, he's ahead of his time. Using scantily clad women to sell medicine. That's uh, <laughs> like we just are getting out of that era. Basically, we talked about the pharmaceutical reps. Yeah. They were hiring strippers to sell doctors medicine. <laughs> Crazy times. He was doing it fucking what? 300, 200 some odd years ago. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But um, unfortunately, Phil... I know this is going to be hard to believe, but he did not make it to 150 years old. He actually died at the age of 49 on Close. June 23rd, 1794. Dr. James Graham would die from a apparent ruptured blood vessel. Now, even though it appears Dr. Graham's number one objective in all his medical treatments was pretty much to make money, uh, maybe he did make some patients feel better maybe it was a placebo effect kind of like you mentioned but he did slightly have progressive thinking towards sex which maybe through rose tinted glasses you could be like yeah yeah, maybe he was technically the first sexologist what do you what do you how do you feel about this guy you think you feel he's just nothing but a hawkster you think maybe he believes some of this bullshit like what how are you feeling about him he, oh, I have a few things. It seems like he's the kind of like the Barnum and Bailey's version <laughs> of a snake oil salesman. Okay. You know, he, everyone else has these tiny little tents with maybe, maybe at most they have like a fucking horse and a bearded lady. And he's got the fucking elephants on the balls and the, the trapeze artists and all that. You know what I mean? And the whole freak show. He's got this huge palace. This huge temple, he even calls it, built to his bullshit, you know, um, and to there's going to be a lot of snake oil salesmen who he blazed the trail for because a lot of them deal with the same kind of fuck ups that other people in the future would be dealing with, like, you know, during the 1800s yeah. trying to, you know, cure impotence, trying to cure barrenness, trying to, you know, keep your baby from dying in the womb. All of this stuff, uh, you know, um, he's basically 
doing same cures. And you got to remember too, um, people were willing to try anything when nothing worked. Yeah. You know, the yeah. same with fucking like what hair loss these days. Yeah. You know, look at some of the shit that people were trying back in like the nineties and eighties, like sewing hair into their head, basically <laughs> and that fucking shit. So, yeah. I mean, when, when you want something to work and you believe it enough, you'll pay good money and you'll, you'll put up with the fucking, you know, being buried up to your neck in dirt basically. So, <sighs> yeah, I, you know, something I've came to realize, I don't know if you feel this way, like, it seems like some of the guys, especially like him, they're just like an aberration for the time period where somehow they have figured out a scam or how to get rich that people will try to replicate, you know, like you said, all through the 1800s, hell, even in modern times. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's I mean, it just you throw your morals out the window, you know, you're trying to make a buck. Basically, anyone who gets in like the uh, what is it? The Wall Street, you know, banker investment people. Yeah. Um, the ones who <laughs> now it's the crypto you know, people. Now it's the crypto bros. Yeah. The given. Yeah. Given shit advice online. It's I mean, you know, you just put your morals to the side and you decide I'm going to fucking make my I'm going to make my bag and then I'm getting out of it, you know, or you just keep doing it till you get a fucking caught and then you move town you know what i mean yeah um a lot of a lot of like he we talked about him like we were like when we were kind of uh had the recording off we were talking about how this guy like just moved around so much it's crazy because people back then didn't get around that much you might never go a few miles outside of the village you were born in if you're like a just a regular poor person this guy fucking got around (laughs) so apparently he was you know I wonder if he had to move around a lot, kind of when he got, you know, his bull ah, shit flipped okay. over. Yeah. They came at him with the brooms, started yelling yep. shenanigans. Um, yeah. 1800s. There's a reason why those snake oil salesmen sold their shit out of fucking carts so they could move, <laughs> so they could leave town. They never set up roots. Yeah. He, it's funny because he, I do think he has a lot of, parallels to like even Uri Geller when we talked about him he mm-hmm. he kind of you know teetered around teetered around then skyrocketed in popularity top of the world and then it kind of just came crashing down you know what I mean yep yeah he well that's his problem he was moving around moving around and then all of a sudden he had this idea for a mall of America for <laughs> health for bullshit fucking yeah. snake oil yeah and then all of a sudden he was super popular, making a ton of money. And then what happened? Fucking, you know, everyone started to realize he was full of shit. Got to get so, out of the game while the game's hot, man. Yep, definitely. That's the reason why the circus fucking keeps moving around. I <laughs> got to keep it fresh audience. I so I was looking up and down. I had one article kind of said that um, I think it was somewhere in London at some museum or something. They have like replicated the celestial bed and like put it on display, but I could like not find it anywhere. So it would be amazing if you went into some British museum and there's just like a replica of this giant ass fucking bed or even a smaller version of it where it just like told the history of it and everything. Um, I really wish there was more 
witness accounts from inside the Temple of Health and Hymen, but I just I just could not find any anywhere. And it is a seventeen hundred, so it's like you know, people don't have fucking vlogs where they're talking about what they saw inside. Yeah, people just a couple hundred years before this, the only time anyone wrote anything down on paper was to make a Bible, pretty much. Yeah. That just ended a couple hundred years before this. <laughs> so <laughs> very true. I mean, yeah. You are in the time of the printing press now. So um the only problem is, you know, like really people were writing down like the important stuff, but I doubt people were writing down accounts of like the health temple. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um so before we get out of here, is there any part of you that feels like maybe he actually believed there were certain things with electricity or whatever that might have actually helped people? Um, ooh, I do. He did have some kind of innovative kind of ideas with um, maybe like the like cold water and fasting, kind of like changing your diet, maybe eating more natural foods Mm -hmm. um some of that stuff i mean the electricity thing you gotta remember electricity at the time was like fucking magic yeah people honestly thought it was magic and if i explained to people how electricity works it's easier just to say like how an alternator turns ac into dc you basically might as well just say you just it's magic just it's fucking (laughs) magic how it works you know like it's it's crazy to think now but a lot of those things back then, I mean, you know, uh, like Tesla, it, Tesla was like over a hundred years after this guy, but a lot of people saw the shit that Tesla was doing and they honestly thought that he was a real life fucking murderer. <laughs> I think some people still do. Some yeah. people still think he's a fucking alien from another planet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, this guy, I don't know. I, I'm going to tell you off the air because how I found this guy, I might uh, make another episode out of, but, uh, but yeah, this guy is wild. I don't really know what to say about him. I love a good huckster personally. Some of my favorite things in the world are cults and hucksters. So, um, and medical things. So, uh, this, this guy kind of had a little bit of everything. So you, you actually enjoy getting the phone calls from the Nigerians, gamsters. <laughs> you talk to them, see what they're God up to. God damn it, at least somebody will call me. Um, but <laughs> Hey, mom, the Nigerians care about me more than you do, God damn it. No. Um, but anyway, Phil, if anybody has had sex on the celestial bed, where can they contact us to tell us about it? Well, if you uh, hit up anyone on the fuck bed... Get a hold of us, subliminaldpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, we don't want to hear about that story, but we'll hear about any other stories, any ideas you've got. Uh, a lot of people lately been hitting us up, telling us, you know, kind of like when they listen to us, if it's gotten them through some hard times. We really appreciate that. You know, thanks for all the likes, shares, everything in Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast. Same thing. Uh, hit us up there. Love to hear anything you guys have to say. Cody, you also have your own Instagram account. You can follow me at Cody Zabum. Thank you to everyone. You know, either send me a message, episode request, uh, just a funny video. I appreciate it all. Thank you, guys. Uh, the last thing I ask you guys to do is to log into iTunes, leave show five-star review. doesn't particularly matter what you type into the box. Just type something, hit five stars, hit submit. We greatly appreciate everyone who's taking time to do that for us. 
If you're a Spotify listener, it's even simpler. Just hit five stars, hit submit. Don't have to type a goddamn thing. And we greatly, greatly appreciate everyone who's taken the time to leave us a pleasant review. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed a little travel back, you know, 200 plus years to a wacky ass man with some wacky ass ideas. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.